بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد ونسلی علی رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ ٹڈے از دا فسٹ آف اکٹوبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزینڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری That we're going through the commentary of the Blessed Surah Al-Mu'minun. So I've reached verse 28. So inshallah today going through up to and including verse 30. So verse 28. Hadhi billahi minash shaitan al-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. And when you, alayhi salatu wassalam, have embarked on the ark, you and those with you say, Praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has saved us from the oppressive people. So note, it's mentioning further details with regards to Nuh alayhi salatu wassalam. And the command is given when they ascend unto the ark to make this dua. Alhamdulillahilladhi najjana min al-qawmi al-zalimin. So they made this dua, both Nuh alayhi salatu wassalam and the companions. But what else did they say? In Surah 11 verse 41, they also, the command is, He alayhi salatu wasalam said, Embark on the ark in the name of Allah, whether it move or be addressed, for my Lord is for sure the of forgiving the most merciful. So in Surah 11 verse 41, Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam said to his companions, Say, Bismillahi majreha wa mursaha. So, there's some very interesting things about this du'a of Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam. So first there's a report. So this narration is recorded in Ibn Sa'ad in his tabaqat 1-263, Abdul Razak in his Al-Musannaf, Abu Dawud al-Marasil, Imam Razi in his Tafsir Kabir 1-314 of the English translation relates similar. Imam Sha'bi, Rahmatullah alayhi relates, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa he began his letters just as the Quraysh began theirs by saying, Bismik Allahumma, in your name, O my Lord. So stop in the report. So in this Mursal report, Rasulullah, when he would write a letter, obviously others would write for him sallallahu alayhi wa he would dictate, Bismik Allahumma, until Surat 11 verse 41 was revealed, i.e. The, the Dua of Nuh. وَقَالَ الْقَبُوا فِيهَا بِسْمِ اللَّهِ مَجْرَيْهَا وَمُرْسَاهَا When Nuh said, in the name of Allah, whether it move or be addressed, after which Rasulullah then wrote, بِسْمِ So what happened? So first he would dictate when he wrote a letter, Bismik Allahumma, in the name of our Lord. When Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam's dua reached him, he then started saying, write Bismillah. Why? Because Nuh said this, Bismillah. Then the next verse was revealed, Surah 17 verse 110. قُلِدُوا اللَّهَ أَوِدُوا الرَّحْمَانِ Call upon Allah or call upon the most merciful. Now he's dictated, write, Bismillah, Hir Rahman. 
Because Allah Ta'ala says, call upon Allah and call upon Al-Rahman. So he said, Bismillahirrahman. And then when the fourth verse was revealed later, Surah 27 verse 30, where Sulaiman said, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. He finally said, write Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. So what's interesting, you can see the evolution of Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. The Prophet first wrote Bismik Allahumma. Then after some time he wrote Bismillah. Then after some time he wrote Bismillah ar-Rahman. Then finally he wrote Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. And notice he was always acting upon the Quran. So even though it was revealed for prophets of old, he was acting upon the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this narration is mentioned in the works. But it, had, it has a weakness because of Al-Haytim ibn Adi At-Tai. So again, this is worth mentioning about this verse, Surah 11, verse 41. The second thing which is mentioned in Mazayri Ihaq and Tafsir Aziz and Dur al-Mantur, Mawlana Abdul Aziz, he quotes the authorities as saying, when the flood swept the world eye of humans at the time, Nuh was very afraid. In order to be safe, he made this dua. Bismillahi majreha wa mursaha. And with this, the ark was safe. The tafsir authorities point out that an incomplete expression was effective and prevented the ship from drowning. So did he say the full bismillah? No, he said bismillah. That was enough to protect the, the ark. So how can one who begins all his work during his life with the complete expression, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, be deprived of its benefit? So we don't we don't realize how fortunate we are. If Allah Ta'ala preserved the ark and humanity with a partial bismillah, then what about the one who says the full bismillah? And of course there's immense virtues with regards to Bismillah Rahman Rahim. The Prophet there's a hadith in Hakim Sahih. Whoever says Bismillah Rahman Rahim, he gets 76,000 good deeds. <laughs> Bismillah Rahman Rahim, 76,000 good deeds. Another report mentions that in Hakim Sahih, that between within Bismillah Rahman Rahim, the, the nearness to the greatest name is like the pupil to the iris or the whiteness of the eye to the darkness. So it's a means of getting your needs fulfilled. The Prophet was hinting towards this. So Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim should always be said. Also the Prophet said in an authentic hadith, he said, whoever does not start his work with Bismillah, and another report said Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, it is abtar. Now that word abtar is a very strong word because Allah Ta'ala used that for those who found fault with Rasulullah's children. He goes, he's cut off, he's abtar, he's lost his sons. So Allah says, Inna shani Those who hate you are cut off. Rasulullah used that same word. If you start any work without Bismillah rahman rahim meaning it's absolutely cut off. So note, you should get into a habit of saying this whenever you do any work. And even in the toilet, the dua is Bismillah. Allahumma inni yawudhibika minal khubbati wal khabais. People just say, Allahumma inni yawudhibika minal khubbati wal khabais. They forget the Bismillah, which is also from the Sunnah of the Prophet Also, this dua of Nuh, alayhi salatu wasalam, 
بسم الله مجريها ومرصاها ان ربي لغفور رحيم خولا بنت حكيم رضي الله عنها ليس رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم this ummah will be saved from drowning if they recite this and he recited surah 39 verse 67 so in surah zumar surah 39 verse 67 allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentions وَمَا قَدَرُ اللَّهَ حَقَّ قَدْرِهِ So this is a dua that we say when we enter or board a ship. It will protect you from being drowned. So Khola said which, which dua? The one in Surah 39? Yeah. She reports that the Prophet said it. This dua, Surah 11 verse 41 and Surah 39 verse 67. In another report, in Tabarani Abu Ja'ala ibn Asim, Imam Hussein radiyallahu he relates that our, our beloved messenger said sallallahu alayhi wasallam it is a security for my ummah from drowning that when they board a ship they say i this verse surah 11 verse 41 and surah 6 verse 91 so in surah 6 verse 91 allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions there again very similar wa ma qadrullah haqqa qadri So note these this dua should be combined with surah 39 verse 67 and surah 6 verse 91 if not by itself and this will protect you from drowning so this is a, a most powerful dua given by nuh alayhi salatu wasalam so note in the verse that we're going through allah taala has told him to say alhamdulillahi alladhi najjana min alqawmi zalimin say praise be to allah who has saved us now why did allah taala command us Because the Prophet said in Ibn Majah, Hassan Hadith, whatever blessing you receive, Alhamdulillah is greater than that blessing. So Allah was teaching Nuh that I'm saving the entire humanity on this ark. So you have to say Alhamdulillah. Now think about that. Whenever we get anything that Allah wants and He gives, our Alhamdulillah is great. Why? Because nothing equates to Allah Ta'ala's greatness. And this is why the Quran starts with Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Verse 29. And then Allah Ta'ala says, O oh my Lord, telling Nuh, O oh my Lord, enable me to disembark with thy blessing. For you are the best to enable us to disembark. So look how interesting. Allah Ta'ala told him to make the dua. Praise me when you board the ark. Then Nuh is inspired to say, when you are leaving the ark, that is also a blessing. So you say, Rabbi anzilni munzalam mubarakan wa anta khayrul munzilin. Oh my Lord, enable me to disembark with your blessing. For you are the best to enable us to disembark. Now what's the sunnah here? The sunnah here is people are very strong when they're going on the journey they make plenty of du'as but when they complete the journey they go into ingratitude so Allah Ta'ala was inspiring Nuh don't be ungrateful after the flood subsides you still humbly ask me and you thank me for saving you so now to start a few details with regards to this in Surah 11 verse 44 so Surah 11 verse 44 The end part of the verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentions that. وَاسْتَوَتْ عَلَى الْجُودِي وَقِيلَ بُعْدًا لِلْقَوْمِ الظَّالِمِينَ 
the ark rested on Mount Judea and the word went forth away with the oppressors. So explicitly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions where the ark landed. And believe it or not, it landed on a mountain. <laughs> so why did Allah do that? So the scholars point out so that you realize there was a float. <laughs> if it had landed on the ground, you think, well, maybe it just opened down and mashallah. If the ark landed on a mountain, you know, what? how is the ship up there? So Allah mentioned Mount Judy. So this was discovered in 1999. In the Observer newspaper, 1999, the reporter is Martin Rowe. He said, the ark has been found on Mount Judy. There was a famous documentary called The Ark Hunter. And they were looking for it on Mount Ararat because the Bible mentions that. They couldn't find anything. They just found Christians with their spades. And then eventually one of the Muslims on the team said, why don't we go 40 miles down the road and try Mount Judy? They queried this because it's in the Quran. And they found it. So the Quran is correcting the errors of the Bible. The Bible is right in one sense because the plain is called the plain of Ararat, mountain range. But the mountain it rested upon was Mount Judy. So question, how on earth is that possible for an imposter to know? If you were to guess a mountain, would you mention Mount Judy? You say Mount Everest, K2, you know, you won't mention an obscure mountain, Mount Judy. Even when you mention it today, well, where's that? The Quran mentions it. That's where the ark is found. That region comprises the modern Turkish district in Bhutan, in which Jabal Judi is situated near the modern frontiers of Turkey, Iraq and Syria. It extends into Iraq and Iran. The great mountain mass Ararat dominates the district. So it's on the Turkish-Iranian border. That's where the ark rested. Which is clear. So this is where we know the ark uh, traversed to. What else do we know? In a hadith in Ibn Jarid Ibn Kathir Tafsir, Mujahid Rahmatullah he said, Judi is a mountain in Al Jazeera where the mountain sought to be higher above each other on the day of the flood. On that awesome day of destruction, all the mountains sought to be higher to avoid being overcome. However, Judi humbled itself for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Therefore, it was not overcome. This is why Nuh ship or ark anchored upon it. So now, should we find this in relation strange? Do, do mountains have feelings? Yes. The Quran mentions they celebrate praises. The Hadith mentioned they talk to each other. They are living beings. So the mountains, when the flood came, they were, you know, Australians made themselves above the water so because we won't, we won't drown in the process. Mount Judy humbled itself. Allah loved that, so he chose Mount Judy. So it wasn't just by chance, it was Mount Judy. He humbled itself. So Allah, what did the Prophet say? In Ibn Imajah Sayyid, Whoever lowers himself like this, and he, the Prophet pointed to the ground, I will raise him up like this, high to the heavens. So is that just for humans and jinn? Even mountains. Mountains humbled itself, Allah raised them, and to, till Qiyamah you'll be talking about Mount Judy. We're talking about it now, this is part of the honor given to Mount Judy. Also, in a hadith in Ibn Jirir al-Bidayah, our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi when the water sprouted out and it was overflowing, there was the mother of a child who feared for him and loved him too dearly, for she took him to the mountain. 
but the water was following her. She made it to the top of the mountain and raised the child above her head, but eventually they both were drowned. And if Allah the Almighty were to have had mercy upon anyone, He would have given it upon the mother of that child. So this is a very famous report. But it's problematic. <laughs> Why? Because the authentic report says there was no children. <laughs> Where's the child come from? <laughs> Right, I mentioned this last week. So this is why you have to be careful. But he is reports. Why would Allah Ta'ala take a child out? Right, what's the child? So again, Allah Ta'ala did not let them have children for 40 years prior to the flood. Why? Everybody had to be bali for the punishment to come. So again, this is, uh, I wanted to mention this point here. Also, there's another thing mentioned here. So in Al-Bidayah, it mentions, so Ibn Kathir said, its summit, Judi, is a half a day's journey. So if you want to get to the top, it will take you 12 hours. It's green in color, strange, a strange color, because it is covered in oak trees. To the side of the mountain is a town called Athamanin, which was the home of those who survived the flood in the ark with Nuh. According to what has been related by more than one scholar of Tafsir. I'll mention that in a bit. So Nuh resided there. And he built a city called Athamani. Then Ibn Kathir said, Imam Ibn Asakir narrates on the authority of Ka'ab al-Ahbar, Rahmatullah that he said, On the day of resurrection, four mountains, Al-Khalil Mount, Lebanon, Atur, and Judi, each of them will become a white pearl that shine between the heavens and the earth and they will return to Bayt al-Maqdis. So four mountains Allah Ta'ala refuses to destroy on the day of judgment. And they will become a white pearl and they will go back to Bayt al-Maqdis. Why? So this is hinting to something. Where did they come from? They came from the explosion when Allah Ta'ala showed his tajalli to Mount Tur. And then the mountains, you know, were produced from this. So they go back <laughs> to Jerusalem. So not Judea is also mentioned, not mentioned in the Hadith, which I mentioned a few nights ago in Tabalai. So Judea is on it, i.e. above many of the mountains. And also, the Ark, what details have we got about its uh, traverse? So Mufti Shafi, he states in Ma'riful Quran, volume 4, page 636 to 7, he's quoting Ibn Jarir al Tabari and Imam Baghwi. Nuh embarked on the ark on the 10th of the month of Rajab. It was the holy month of Rajab, it was the 10th. For six months, the ark sailed on the waters of the flood. So he boarded the ark with the companions. And it was the 10th of Rajab. Six months it was sailing. So let's go through the months. After Rajab, what's after Rajab? Shaban. Ramadan. So look how interesting. The whole month of Ramadan was in the Ark. Ramadan, Shawal, Dhul Qa'ada, Dhul Hijjah was the sixth. Muharram. The hadith continues. When it reached the spot where the Kaaba was, it made tawaf. <laughs> so he actually went 
towards Makkah. And he did Tawaf. Allah the Almighty raised the Kaaba higher from being submerged. Then on the 10th of Muharram, look how interesting, 10th of Rajab, start, 10th of Muharram, the day of Ashura, the flood subsided and the ark came to rest on Mount Judi. Nuh observed a fast of thanks on that day and he ordered everybody on the ark to do the same. Now why is this fascinating? The start and the end was in a holy month. What month did Allah choose? He started with the Rajab, the holy month of Rajab. What month did he choose for the ark to rest? Muharram. What day did he choose? Ashura. This is confirmed in the hadith in uh, Imam Ahmad's Musnad. The Prophet came to Medina and he saw the Jews fasting. Why are you fasting? Because this is the day that Philon was drowned and the ark came to rest on Mount Judi. They knew that. Even the Jews knew that. The Prophet said, we are more right. So this was confirmed by the Prophet in the authentic hadith in Imam Ahmad's Musnad. How do you show thanks? Nuh taught us. If you are God, you're praying to Allah, He answers your dua. One of the most excellent ways to thank is to fast. Nuh ordered that. So this was uh, the day of Ashura. Now what's interesting? The day of Ashura was a farad fast. It became nafal or sunnah after Ramadan. So that shows that that day was particularly earmarked by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So note, this is worth pointing out with regards to the traverse. Also, why did it start on a holy month and finish on a holy month? Because there's a, there's a verse. So, Surah 11 verse 48, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, O Nuh, descend from the ark with peace from us and blessings on you and on some of the people from those with you. But there will be other people to whom we shall grant their pleasure, but in the end they will receive a severe punishment. So there's a few things mentioned here. So in Ibn Kathir's Tafsir, volume 5, page 69, Muhammad ibn Qa'ab and Ibn Jarir's Tafsir, he states, Every male and female believer on the day until the day of judgment is included in this dua of peace. Likewise, every male and female unbeliever until the day of judgment is included in this promise of punishment. So look at the verse, verse 48, Surah 11, verse 48. Allah Ta'ala says, Ya Nuh, bit Descend, O Nuh, with peace from us and blessings on some people. Muhammad ibn Iqab said he's not just talking about the people on the ark. He's talking about every believer. Allah Ta'ala is saying, I've sent them peace. Peace be upon them. He's honored us. And then those who reject, he goes, not just the kuffar who drowned, all the kafirs. I'm going to give them a severe punishment. So Muhammad ibn Iqab was highlighting this isn't just a historical narrative. This is linked to everybody. So this is one thing mentioned here. Another thing, this town that was built, so, this is in Tafsir As-Sawi, volume 3, page 914 to 915. After disembarking the ark, Nuh founded a town, named it Thamanin. In the Arabic language, Thamanin means 80. 
This is because there were 80 people of the Ark. So the village was named Al-Thamanin. <laughs> you know, look at you know, the wisdom of Nuh, Why did he not leave that area? Allah Ta'ala chose it. It's a blessed area. It was the Haram of Nuh. Whenever the Prophet resides, there's a Haram. Now, how holy is that place? This is one of the places that people neglect. What du'a did Nuh make? In Surah Nuh, what's the very last verse of Surah Nuh? His famous du'a. He said, O my Lord, forgive me and my parents. All who enter this house who believe, and all believing men and believing women, and to the oppressors, give nothing except an increase in punishment. So what was this Beiti he's referring to? Whoever enters this house, he built a masjid. He built a masjid on Mount Judy. And if you enter that masjid, you have got the du'a of Nuh. He made a du'a. رَبِّ اغْفِلْ لِي وَلِوَالِدِيَّ وَلِمَنْ دَخَلَ بَيْتِي مُؤْمِنًا وَلِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ Oh my Lord, forgive me and my parents. All who enter my house with Iman and all believing men and women. So if you pray there, you are guaranteed forgiveness. So now is there a masjid on Mount Judy? The latest is there is. There's also a church. And there's another thing there. So if you go with that intention, now shaitan doesn't make it easy. They boarded it off. There's a, there's a tension over that area. The Iranian authorities are disputing and the Turkish. So shaitan's caused some, you know, like upheaval there to stop people going there. But if you go there, you got this du'a. He made a du'a for that. Nuh And it's the last du'a in Surah Nuh. So his du'as are priceless. I was aunt. Million and one reasons that du'as don't get answered. If a prophet makes a du'a, you know it's going to get answered. So again, you should make intention at the least. Why? Because the Prophet said in the Barani, the intention of the believer is greater than his deed. The intention, why? Because if you make a genuine intent, you drop dead now. Allah will give you that, that du'a of Nuh. And he's the first messenger. The first messenger's du'a. You can get his du'a, imagine. Also, his offspring. So, there's a famous report. The hadith is in Tirmidhi. In fact, let me go to it. In Surah 37, verse 77. In Surah 37, verse 77. Surah Sa'ad. Surah As-Safat, sorry. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions there. Something very interesting about Nuh alayhi salatu He says, we made his offspring, his descendants to endure. And we left the ark for later generations. So now what does that mean? So in a hadith, the hadith is in Tirmidhi number 3241. Imam Ahmad in his Musnad number 20,110. And it's an authentic report. Sayyidina Samullah radiallahu anhu relates that Rasulullah said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he recited verse 77. 
He explained. There was Sam, Ham, and Yafith. These were his sons. These were the ones where the human race continued from. Sam, Ham, Yafith. Rasulullah also said, Sam was the father of the Arabs. Ham was the father of the Abyssinians. And Yafith was the father of the Romans. This is in Hakim Sahih and other references as well. So what's interesting, we've got all these nations. Who is the father of the Arabs? The Prophet said, the father of the Arabs is Ham. Who is the father of the Abyssinians? Sam, sorry, mashallah, Sam. Because who was the father of the Abyssinians? The Prophet said, Ham. Who was the father of the Romans, i.e. the Europeans? He goes, Yafit. Now, what's strange about this? There was 80 on the ark. Why did it, the human race only end up coming through the three sons? So the way to explain this, their lineage died out. Allah only blessed Nuh. So somebody goes, what about the other 77? You know, or maybe less taken away the family of Nuh. You said they had children, but they weren't given the honor of being the fathers of humanity. It was only Nuh. That's why he's called the second Adam. Now, further details are mentioned. So, Imam Siyuti, he mentions, so this is recorded in his Ad-Dur uh, Al-Mantur, Tabari in his Tariqh, volume 1, page 118. Ibn Abbas, he said, they were born to Nuh, Sam, the father of the Arabs. Amongst his children were the white, the brown, so it's interesting. And the addition is mentioned. They were known for their light skin. They were white and they were brown. And Ham, i.e. the father of the Abyssinians, whose descendants are dark with some white. So it's interesting. Ham didn't all his children aren't dark. Some of them are also fair skinned. And Yafith, the father of the Romans, whose descendants are fair skinned and ruddy people. Then look what Ibn Abbas said. And there was a fourth son, Tan'an, he drowned. And the Arabs called him Yam, Yam. He was the one that drowned, so nothing came from him. And the Arabs say he's Yam, I don't know why they call him Yam. So what's interesting, we've got details about the children as well. And also, just to add this to wrap up. In Surah 37, verse 79, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Peace be upon Nuh amongst all of the nations. Now, this verse is used to drive away the shayateen. You go to the exorcists, they go, put this verse on the door. <laughs> put this here, put this here. You think, why? Because that is the end of the destruction of the unbelievers. So Allah says, peace only comes from Nuh. Because he is the one with safety. And what's interesting, you get hadith of the Prophet And what does he say? He says, the example, sorry, the Sahaba said, the example of the Sunnah is like the Ark of Nuh. Anybody who boards is safe. Whoever keeps away, he drowns. In Imam Ahmad's Muslim. So what's interesting, they liken the ark as a symbol of safety. And the sunnah is also this. You leave the sunnah, you will drown. Another report says, 
the Ahlul Bayt Adaak. And there's no contradiction because they go together. <laughs> so note the Ark is, has a very special place in our hearts. Is the Ark still there? No. The, they discovered the remnants of it using uh, technology, X-ray technology, radar to look under the earth and they found the remnants. And it's, what's interesting, the dimensions are exactly what the Bible mentions. So that is the place. Now, like I mentioned, he's buried in Makkah. So if he lived in the Turkish-Iranian border, then how did he end up in Makkah? So this was obviously towards the end of his life. He wanted to pass away in the holy city of Makkah, and this is mentioned <coughs> in the reports. And there's one other thing I, sh- I need to mention. Uh, Rajab. People say, what's special about Rajab? So this is a proof. Allah Ta'ala chose Rajab for the blessing of the Ark to start its, uh, its board, its, its starting. So Rajab is a very special month in the sight of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And the last verse. Verily in this, there are signs for men, those do we try them. Now what's shocking about this? If you look at the narrative of Nuh you've got it all over the world. So people who are not Muslims, they talk about this. And so just to give you a proof. So this is a proof that this definitely occurred, even using the Kofar's source of verification. The story of the flood is found in some form or other amongst all nations. Not only amongst those who follow the Israeli tradition, then he quotes, in Greek tradition, think about that, Greek, the hero of the flood is called Diakalion, Diokalion, with his wife, Firha. In Hindu tradition, then he gives the reference, Shatapata, Brahmana, and Mahabharat. It is the sage Manu and the fish. Mm. The Chinese tradition of a great flood is recorded in Shu King. Mm. Amongst American Indians, the tradition was common to many tribes. So question, how did they all agree upon an error? Mm. These are all the children of Nuh. So all over the world, okay, the names, they've changed and this, that, but because there was a flood, there was a flood. So even without the Quran, to deny it, you're denying your own history. And look how they mock it. They still say, oh, do you believe there was a great flood? And that actually shows that they're actually going against their own principles. Forget the Quran, forget the Sunnah, forget the Bible. <coughs> you're denying human history. But the point is, why was there a flood? We're not bothered about the flood. Why was there a flood of such gargantuan? That's what they don't want to talk about. Because what's going on? Something, something happened. Something was, who was being destroyed? That's the point. The point is Allah Ta'ala sent that as a sign. Don't forget that will destroy nations if they persist in disobedience. So the side of us. Welcome. <laughs> 
وقل رب انزلني منزلا مباركا وانت خير المنزلين ان في ذلك لايات وان كنا لمبتلين we pray to almighty allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he makes the quran the rabi of our hearts we pray to almighty allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he gives us any hadith which may have inadvertently or ഹസ്ബാൻ